anytime there's new technology or new tools, people get a little spooked. I personally enjoy AI for the assistance I can get and the things I can do with it. I love making things with my students and teaching them skills that will help them later on in life. The topic of today's podcast is AI in the secondary classroom with Julie York. Unpacking Education is brought to you by AVID.org. AVID believes that we can raise the bar for education. To learn more about AVID, visit their website at AVID.org. Welcome to Unpacking Education, the podcast where we explore current issues and best practices in education. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Winston Benjamin. We are educators. And we're here to share insights and actionable strategies. Education is our passport to the future. Our quote for today is from Ethan Mollick, professor at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. He says, but the reality is we are already living in the early days of the AI age. And at every level of organizations, we need to make some very important decisions about what that actually means. Waiting to make these choices means they will be made for us. All right. Ooh, that's a lot yeah. to think about. There's a lot in there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm like, which sentence do I pick out? <laughs> um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to start with just the idea that we're already living in the AI age. Like, I'm not going to lie. As a kid watching the Matrix, I was like, oh my God, AI. But I think to the point that it's saying is that we are already engaging with it, even if we're not aware that we're engaging with it. So, as this moment that we start becoming and accepting that it's here, then we can actually make decisions. So I think it's the, the for me, it's like being aware that there's something and then making decisions around that awareness and like what could go wrong, right? Being aware of the, the po- possible negativities that could come up if, if we don't do something. So that's what I'm thinking. I like that you use the word awareness there, Winston, because I kind of had the same take on it. It reminded me of a saying that I think we used to hear when we were kids, and it was, there are three kinds of people in the world, those that make things happen, those that watch things happen, and those who wonder what just happened. Mm. <laughs> and I think as educators, we need to make sure we're the ones, at least the ones who are watching things happen, but yeah. preferably the ones who are making things happen, because if we don't shape the reality of what that looks like in our schools, somebody else will do it. And we know best. So I think teachers need to have the voice in that Mm. and be active participants and and get engaged because not only what can go wrong, but what can go right. Mm. And how do we shape that into the right direction? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm pretty excited about our conversation we're going to have today to help enlighten us uh, a little bit more. So we are joined today by Julie York, Career Preparation and Technology Department Chair and teacher at South Portland High School in South Portland, Maine, not Oregon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so welcome, Julie. Hi. Hi. Nice to be here. And if, if you'd like, you can take a minute to uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself so our listeners just have a little bit better understanding of who we're talking to today. Sure. Um, so I'm a teacher at South Portland High School. To date myself in a really bad way, I've been doing it. This is my 22nd year. 
Um, I'm teaching computer science and media electives. So I teach everything. And um, I'm one of those people, as with many teachers, who uh, I'm lucky to be in the district I'm in. They've let me teach the classes that I teach. I've offered most of the classes that I teach. So I'm the reason that there's an animation and game design class. Like I'm the reason there's a computer science class because it just wasn't here before I got here. Um, so I'm always like learning new things and trying new things and trying to bring that into my classroom and, you know, bring it to my students and let them kind of experience everything. Mm. So that's who I am. And for those who can't see me, I am a white woman with crazy iridescent glasses, purple hair, and I am wearing a kick and pink Pokemon shirt with all the fairy Pokemon on it. So that's Woo-hoo. who I am. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you would be my favorite teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I thank you so much for joining us today. And it sounds like you have a lot of years of experience and it sounds like you've created some courses and have always been on that edge of, you know, an early adopter. So from your experience with what's going on with AI, how are teachers reacting to AI and its impact on K-12 education? And how do you feel about the seemingly rapid evolution of AI? Ooh, okay, two big questions right from the get-go. Dig it in. Oh, dig it in. Let's go. Okay, let me represent all teachers and their feelings across the United States. I've got this. Um, I think when when I think about how teachers are reacting to it, I think that there's the automatic gut impulse of fear. Um, you know, Winston mentioned uh, the Matrix. And uh, again, just to date myself, Winston, a little bit more birthdays than you, sir. Uh, The Terminator, like I think like Terminator, I think like we've had, you know, we've had so much science fiction that I'm like, there's there's enough reason for us to be afraid Mm -hmm. of 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 AI. And I think in 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 most popular pop culture landscapes, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always something to be afraid of. So, um, and I think, you know, anytime there's new technology or new tools, people get a little spooked. You know, uh, I grew up when we had no cell phones and I remember when, you know, I got my first cell phone in college that you'd wind the antenna on the car. And (laughs) like, I remember internet, like I remember when we got access to internet. (laughs) 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 And I, I remember how paranoid people were about internet. I remember how scared we were of internet in the classroom. I remember. So like with every new technology we get, I've been there to see people being afraid. Um, so I think that there's no shock, and and I think it's completely natural for a new technology to come out. I luckily was not here for the invention of print or the book, so good on me for that. <laughs> but I've heard that that was a nasty experience too. Mm. So um, I think it's just natural that people are a little afraid and a little unsure. So that's how I would answer the the teachers. I think some of us are a little crazy and excited. Um, I I do a lot in my life, so I'm excited at the things I don't have to do. So um, I personally enjoy AI for the assistance I can get and the things I can do with it. So I think that I find myself, um, you know, uh, energized and excited to see what it will bring. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit more hopeful because I've spent enough time reading science fiction and seeing science fiction to be like, no, this isn't 
this isn't the Terminator. It can't do it can't do a lot of things. I've tried it. it it's not quite there yet. So see, I'm mad you added the yet. I'm mad, <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Um, so I really appreciated you you saying that in a joking way that you can't speak for the totality of teachers, but I appreciate your answers. You started focusing more on the end of your answer about you. And so my question is really trying to take it down from the big picture, bringing it back to the personal, like how are you personally using AI in either your workspace, your career space, your personal space? Like what are some of the ways you're engaging with this rapidly changing um, system of schooling? So um, there's a couple of ways that I'm engaging with it and I'll focus on, you know, teaching. I'll focus. I won't because as personally, I'm like, I use Siri. She's my life. Mm -hmm. You know, like she, she deals with all of my idiosyncrasies and my language. She's pretty good to me. I enjoy Siri and uh, Amazon gets me, you know, every now and then the the Amazon knows what I want and it's there for me and that's okay. Uh, But when I think about AI in my classroom and the teacher hat, right. I think like, so what am I doing with it? Well, I'm definitely talking to my students about it. I'm definitely bringing it into my classroom and using AI tools as they become available. So, you know, talking about the sentence fillers, talking about the search fillers, talking about, um, you know, chat GPT, using chat GPT, using image generators. I mean, I think almost every creative software that I use online now has like AI, AI image generation. Um, so I think it's important to talk to students about that and to kind of say, you know, what are the appropriate ways of using this? What are the ethics of using this? There's some really great discussions to be had with students. Um, and I, I like encouraging them to be like, now this is a tool. So it's a tool that's accessible that you can use. And my district didn't, my district didn't, um, remove access to it, which was really exciting. Um, cause some districts just flat out, they're like, nope. Any, you know, and there are some tools we can't use. Like I can't use the, uh, the tools to make slideshows from Google. They shut that one off. But with like ChatGPT, I can say, here's ChatGPT. Let's try this out in the room. Let's see what it can do. Let's see what it can't, um, you know, and, and let's really talk. Where do they get their data? Um, how is this data sourced? What would this mean? Who created it? If you use this in your work, how do you source it? How do you cite it? You know, um, how do you make sure your information is valid and not just made up links? You know, how do we feel about when you're making images, the, the mangled artwork, you know, like, so I think that that can be pretty powerful discussions to have with our students. And I'm, I'm in a really good place to be able to do that. So like, I, I do that all the time. And then um, in terms of myself, like I use tools, I'm, I'm using this tool. Have you heard of Teach FX? No, I'll look it up now. Okay. So it's a really neat tool. And um, what it does is essentially it records you. So, um, which can be a little bit big brothery, you know, there's lots of people that wouldn't want to be recorded. Um, but what you do essentially is you put the app on your phone and you press start and it records everything. And it, what it afterwards, when you press stop, it breaks down how many times you speak, your students speak, what kind of questions you're asking, what kind of um, what kind of feedback, what are the most common words in your classroom, um, what what is the percentage of teacher to student ratio, um, what you know, it, it's amazing. And so you almost have like a instructional coach right there on your phone. Yeah. The report that you get from this software is insane. And it doesn't judge you. Like, it's not going to tell you, 
you know, um, my first teach FX, I did it, you know, and I talked to my students. I was like, you know, we need consent from my students before I do this. Do you consent to be recorded? I am going to press record. You know, like we talked it all out. Where does the data go? You know, like, like, like who has access to this, this transcript of the entire lesson. Right. And, um, but it gives you like, it gives you so much. It doesn't judge you because it's just an AI. It doesn't, all it knows is my voice, the words I spoke, what grammatically makes a sentence, you know, and it asks you questions and it gives you these moments to like think about. And, um, you know, you get three free, three free tests of it. And, uh, I, I really loved using it. I used it twice because as a teacher, um, my admin team is so burdened by all their other responsibilities, they very rarely get time to give me timely feedback, mm -hmm. like an observation. So as a teacher, I had an opportunity to have a robot, you know, just like listen in and just tell me statistically, like here's some data on what I did. Mm. You cool. know? Fascinating. Mm. So you, that's how you're using it. And you, you talked about the fact that you're kind of modeling things with your students and having those conversations. I think that's fantastic. Um, what other student use are you seeing? Like, are kids able to use it at school? Are they using it at home? Are they talking about using it? What, what are you seeing in, in the school set? I know school just started, but um, what are you seeing? I'm talking a lot from like last year. I'm talking a lot. Yeah. And I feel like last year was a really big year because I feel like the pandemic happened and everything was just, where are we? What's happening? And I feel like last year was our first almost normal year. What is school? Mm. Uh, so I feel like there was, a, and ChatGPT, I feel like really hit. And, and ChatGPT wasn't the only AI, um, but I think that when ChatGPT hit, there was like a wave. Like suddenly everybody released all their AI product, right? Like there was like millions of sites and all these different options. And um, so when I think about how my students are using AI, I think there's there's a inequity in in my students. So, for example, in my classes, when I'm talking to my students, I have different levels of of who understands what and who has access to the technology at their home, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, like and and also like for the example I gave earlier, I have kids speaking uh, four languages in my classroom, and um, like you know, it doesn't pick up Portuguese. And I had students speaking Portuguese. So like, there's some iniquity there, right? My students in terms of like how they're using it and engaging with it, it depends on what does their, what does their home culture think about AI? Do they have access to the devices to do AI, right? Like, do they have cell phones? Do they have laptops? You know, do they have the equipment to be, to be playing around, so to speak, with the AI, right? And then um, do they have the time to do it? So like depending on all of those variables, which you know, no, no student is alike, no, no person is alike. If, if, I can, if I have a student who has time and equipment, then they're definitely accessing it. They're definitely trying it out and they might be hiding it, like the naughty thing they shouldn't be doing, you know? Um, and they might be unsure because I don't think a lot of teachers address this. Like it certainly was not in my syllabus from day one. Hey, everybody, you can use AI. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't bring it up, but, but maybe it's something I should now that I'm just saying it. But, you know, like, so I don't think that they know there's no school wide policy yet mm -hmm. on AI. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of confusion, you know, um, and I think that the students reflect that, right? Lack of access, lack of time, lack of permission you know, lack of acceptance, like, 
is it seen as cheating by their family or guardian? Because then they won't be using it. You know, mm. it's kind of the black market yet. It's on, it's on the dark side over here, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting. I know we don't have an AI policy yet. And so I've been working with teachers. So there's also this unsureness for educators as well. Can we, can't we? So it, it sounds like you're addressing that individually in your classroom, but overall, there's a lot of back to that unknown or what should I say? Shouldn't we say, how do we approach this happening right now in education? And we kind of talked about the positive. Somehow I get all the negative stuff y'all today, but what, what are, what are some of the challenges that you see beyond this kind of confusion that's happening right now with around AI in education? I feel, I mean, like I would, I would say that one of the biggest challenges is exactly what you were saying. Like the, the unknown of it all is very like as an adult Mm -hmm. who has spent many years, I, I am comfortable code switching and changing and based on the context I'm in behaving certain ways. Like I know how to do that now. Teenagers don't quite know that yet. They're still working on figuring and and, um, my God, go to your, my middle school and my elementary uh, friends. And I'm like, I don't even know how you function. Like the littles are even, you know, trying to figure out more than that. So I think the biggest challenge is <laughs> in all of education is us agreeing on something <laughs> and <laughs> universally. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That was not, that was rude. <laughs> it's us agreeing on something and actually like, you know, but I mean, like, like we all agreed one day, okay, Winston. We all agreed to wear pants. We all agreed. To I be agree. I'm like definitely down with that. You know, and and I in my state, everybody gets a one-on-one device. So there are certain things that we come up to the table and we talk about and we agree or disagree on. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that uh, about our country, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like the entire country agree on one thing, but I'm saying we need to take responsibility, and that's a challenge because we're all burnt out, exhausted, and overworked. And uh, without, especially without use of these tools helping us out, we're doing everything, you know, like you don't, you shouldn't have to write all the emails. You can, you can chat GPT, some of your emails and proofread. It is quicker, you know? Um, So I think that's a challenge. Like, I think one of the biggest challenges is this change happened directly after a pandemic. Um, People are tired, exhausted, and stressed. Um, There's no political, like, yes or no, and everything's political. So I think, and that's, and that's, that could be said of a lot of different things in education, not just AI. So, but I think that's a, that's a number one, you know, and then number two, the, the price of AI, mm. like the cost of it. Like if you're using tools and you have to pay for it, like, you know, I can't afford, my district can't afford certain things that I use. And it's like, you know, that's, that's how it is. You can't, you know, it's free till this, or it's free with this. So it's not, it's who has the most money, you know, which is a problem with a lot of things. I was, was going to say we agree on that. <laughs> 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 no, but the, I, I really appreciate your candor and your honesty about the potentials and the opportunity and the, the challenges, right? Because sometimes those challenges are actually the opportunity. So I'm just going to take the opportunity to thank Rena for throwing out the negatives, <laughs> Cause then I can get a chance to like bring back the positive right now. Um, so I'm going to you know, teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, <laughs> what are the most, what are some of the most exciting opportunities that you see AI presenting to education, right? Like working with kids, like just in general, what are some of the exciting things that you see? 
if we embrace this stuff, mm-hmm. like if we actually start to embrace this stuff, right? Um, it takes the onus of work away from the teacher and the student and allows us to do the thing that we like the most. I love making things with my students. I love seeing what they create and what they think and how they interact with each other and teaching them skills that will help them later on in life. Like that's, that's why I'm here. I am not here to take attendance. (laughs) I am not here to uh, write 300 emails in a day. I'm not, you know, like there are things that we, if we can take away some of these, some of these just repetitive onerous tasks then in the future, we could see a lot more and and we could see not only a lot more um, freedom to do the things we love, but also a lot of, of data. Like we can get actual like there is something to be said for a computer listening to my classroom. There is something to be said for a computer. Um, we just signed up for a new software that like uh, does bathroom passes and stuff. It does like all the school bathroom passes digitally. And there's something to be said for a computer that can go through that and find the trends and give you suggestions and kind of tell you like the the highs and lows and give you points to think about than an actual human being going through, you know, 200 points of data. That's like mind boggling to think of the possibilities. Yeah, those data connections and efficiencies that can save us time, right? There's, there's a major tech company who shall remain unnamed, but they're releasing AI, they say, to remove the drudgery from the work so that you can be creative, right? And I think that concept is valid, right? You, you get rid of that drudgery. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of it. It was interesting. I was just talking with a coach yesterday, and they're like, oh, I'm just so struggling to make my emails concise and short for the teacher. And I go, well, just paste it in chat GPT and say, <laughs> make shorter, make more. Con-. And she was like, what? I go, yeah, just put what you have in there and then ask it to help you. And she's like, you can do that. I go, you sure can. <laughs> yeah, I did I a like, little I did a little workshop thing for an area school on AI before school started. And it was the first time that all but three of them in the room had even opened up chat GPT or one of those. They've heard about it and they've heard people talking about it. They just haven't had time to do it. So when they got in there and did that, their first reaction was, this is going to save me so much time. Time, <laughs> yes. Mm. Or some of those tricky emails you need to pull voice out of, and I, it's really helpful. Right. It's and fun differentiate. too because... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it definitely differentiate. I'm sorry. I think it's also fun because it, when you start them, did they start having fun playing with it? They did they start it. like, did they play around? Because they were, and they were creating yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And uh, I had to beg them to stop. <laughs> you know, They just wanted to keep going and they were super excited to be using it. And again, fortunately, that district's not blocking it either. So mm-hmm. they have that opportunity. I think this goes back to um, the original point, some of the original points of like permission versus forgiveness. Right. A mm-hmm. lot of people are in this mm-hmm. like, I need permission. I need you to let me know that it's okay so I don't get my hand slapped. I'm not trying to be involved in any of the bigger issues in the world. I just want to teach my class, right? And I think a lot a lot of people are in that in that place. So giving permission, I think, is a very big part of what we're talking about here, is also giving students permission to try to figure out how to use the world that they're going to be in, right? And also giving teachers permission. I think that's a that's an important thing that I'm hearing and I just want to echo throughout, right? 
I, and I like that you mentioned, I like that you mentioned like the, the, I don't want to get my hand slapped, you know? And I think, I think I, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of privilege of the fact that I've been teaching in the same district for so long and I've been doing a relatively decent job. I am a, a considered good teacher. So I can, I can do things without asking for permission. Cause I'm like, ah, you know, and that's, that's not necessarily where everyone's at. And I think that, I think admin need to step up. Admin are the ones that need to listen not only to teachers and, and I mean, the, the job is huge, right? You got to listen to teachers. You got to listen to the community members. You got to listen to the business. You got to listen to the school board. You got to listen to other admins, but admins do need to come up with like a decision and like tell people, I mean, hopefully at some point we'll have a decision. We haven't had one this year, but you know, like hopefully we'll get a decision made and it will be something people understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've said a couple times that, this is upon us, right? I mean, it's it's already begun. Even if we haven't made some of these decisions, the, the age of AI is here in some degree. So other you mentioned earlier guiding your students through some activities together. Um, have any other ideas for how we can prepare students for this age of AI? Because things may be different. Different skills may be needed, different uh, focuses, uh, different mindsets. What what are your thoughts on preparing kids? I think it's luckily as a teacher who always has to change what she teaches um, because of the nature of the classes I teach. You know, video productions is complete. We don't have VHS tapes, eight millimeter. Like, what is that? Um, so I think that if, from that standpoint, I think what I've learned is the most important to prepare our students for the future. And it's so cheesy because it's it, in every like, introductory PowerPoint slide deck. It's like that the job of your children will not be, it doesn't exist now. You know, like they always say that. And I'm like, Oh my God, you're so right. Mm. You know, like, so (laughs) I think the best way to prepare them is to teach them to think, teach them the 21st century soft skills that we always talk about, like teach them how to ask questions, teach them to be curious, teach them to create, teach them to make mistakes, teach them to test things, you know, like teach them to want to investigate, right? Like a student that is a student that is willing to like ask questions and learn about something and cares about something can learn anything that they want if they're, if they're, if they're there. And if we can get them there, like if we can be like, let's, let's talk about how you learn. Let's talk about how you create and critically think, you know, all of that stuff. How do you work with others? How do you, you know, how do you deal with change? How do you deal with mistakes? And how do you, I think if we can do that, I think that'll prepare them for the, for the era of AI. Like I think, and that's, and I feel like that's such a low tech answer, but it's the truth because, you know, they know how to use their, they, they're, any technology they'll figure out. We've all figured it out, but I think I we hear want you on to that. And you know, the, the beauty of your answer too is not only will that prepare them for the age of AI, whatever that is or becomes, it makes learning come alive mm-hmm. and it makes them want to learn. It makes school fun again. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can go wrong with that. That's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. It's something they can control. Like I, I all my students, half the reason Winston said earlier that I would have been his favorite teacher. And, you know, I have kids that hate me because I, I'm very like student driven and student focused. And like, what do you want to learn? Like, let's let's you know, what are we going to learn together? And I think that it's important to give students like the choice. It's important to get students engaged in what they're doing, because 
then they'll do it without you. Like, and, and then they know how to do it safely. Like, I think that's another big important piece is like, I mean, I don't think anybody can hurt themselves right now with AI, theoretically. Like, I don't know if they can feed, um, you know, we're not doing the AI. Um, China has some really scary AI right now with uh, facial recognition software. And there, there's some things there that I consider slightly dangerous AI where I'm like, ooh, that doesn't sound, you know, good. Um, but I think like if we can teach them safe habits and, you know, if then, then when they leave me, hopefully they're not like, oh, I've never done this, you know, or, oh, I've never thought of this or, oh, what do I do if I make a mistake? What do I do if I fail? You know? And, I, yeah. and that, some, one of the thing, I'm sorry, Yuna, but that, that goes back to your point earlier, Julie, um, about how students are hiding at home engaging with AI because they don't have the permission or they're worried that they're going to get that punishment. So I, uh, that idea of allowance and acceptance is a real thing that like going back to our earlier quote, either we let things happen to us because we're not prepared for what to happen. So we've come full circle. Don't worry. yo. I'm always <laughs> listening and trying to think, yo, I got you. That's why I told you, you'd be my favorite teacher. <laughs> that's an a depending on the system you're in winston you just got a four good job <laughs> <laughs> did he get an a or an ai uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks for the dad joke paul i'm here oh, for yeah. that <laughs> uh, but it's interesting so julie i mostly support the youngest learners and you mentioned you're talking mostly, we, I know today is about secondary, but it, I just feel like if we don't do something, I, as you said, it's even more complex and confusing for younger kids. And then it's happening to them in a lot of instances or being in there, there's a complete lack of understanding. And I think also developmentally. So if we don't do something, as we pointed out, we're going to not be preparing students to be, as you said, ethical or appropriate or make the appropriate decisions or use it for creativity. So uh, it's, it gets more complicated. <laughs> and I, I, would, I guess, go ahead. <laughs> I, I would never, I would never tell. I always find it funny when I'm, when I'm somewhere and someone asks me for like, feedback on elementary teachers or like middle school, right? Like, cause I'm a parent. So like, I understand how my kids are and I understand the choices I make as a parent. But when I think about you working with the littles or with uh, the, the age of unknown called middle school, like <laughs> I think to myself, like what can be done and how can it be done um, equitably? Like the most important thing to me is that every child at some point has some exposure to it. You know, I, I go to a book I read a long time ago when I took ECS training, they had me read Stuck in the Shallow End and it changed how I teach. Um, it's such a good book, like a little book perk, a little book plug rather. And um, it changed how I teach because I was like, oh, I, some of these kids I'm chucking into the deep end and they've never even seen a pool. Right. And so like when I go with that metaphor, like I just talked to some of my kids in my class and some of them, you know, depending on the school they went to, they have completely different experiences. And that's just not fair or or good you know and it's not helpful to me as a teacher to get them all started where I'm at so I think like when I think about the littles all I think about is like thank god you're thinking about it Rena like I appreciate all the work you do because you know my daughter gets exposed to it at home she hears me talking to Siri she talks to Google to play her to play her playlists you know like my daughter is interacting with technology 
um, she comes in my house. So there's always technology around her. Right. But I think, I think if we don't have teachers like you and professionals like you at all, at all levels, if we're not all doing something about it, then yeah, they're going to, you know, they're going to get out of high school in some States and not know, just, you know, going back to the pool metaphor, they won't even know where the pool is. You know, they'll, they'll think everything is the pool or they, they think the pool is poison or, you know, they have no idea what the pool looks like. Like, so yeah. You know, they're giving all their money to the pool. I don't know. You know? I was going to say, <laughs> even let alone know that, let alone know how to swim, right? Before they even, right? Get, right? That's such a good metaphor. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Since we're talking about uh, learning things, this is a good time to hop into our toolkits. So, in our toolkit, we can drop something in to maybe help teachers around this topic of AI. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What? What is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. Winston, why don't you go first? Oh my God, Julie! The moment you said teach FX, I lost my mind. I work with our um uh, admin and do evaluation training. And part of our evaluation training, we got to have people go in for twenty minutes and observe, take notes write down and we try to get people to recognize teacher voice, student voice and all that aspect. And having this technology would be such a great tool because it gives a third point without the teacher, without the evaluator's opinion, right? It really, it captures things and makes it in a way that it's not opinionated visuals or um, connections. So I really think that that would be a powerful tool for the evaluation systems Right to support um, teacher growth by actually giving positive feedback. Mm-hmm. And I we're like switching today, Winston. You're giving like a tool, and I'm giving some thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was I was I really appreciated Julie when you talked about low tech to prepare for high tech. So that's kind of my tool is. Where are the low tech? How do we teach those 21st century skills? But then making that clear connective tissue, those connections to the high tech, to the technology, so that there's clear understanding between the two and how important it's going to be. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to just uh, encourage our teachers out there. If you haven't tried one of the generative AI chatbots like ChatGPT or Microsoft Bing Chat, Google Bard, or now Anthropics Claude 2 is out there, they're all similar enough. Just pick one and try them. There's free versions of all of them. Get your hands in there and see what it's like. There's, there's really no better teacher than experience on those things. And just get a feel for what it can do. Ask it a question. Ask it to generate lesson plan ideas for you. Or how could I assess this specific standard? Or how could I get my students' attention when I'm teaching this? And you'd be amazed at the ideas that it'll throw back at you. It's a great brainstorm partner. Mm-hmm. I love using it for brainstorming. Uh, I'm going to throw out a tool that I, uh, cause I, I went to an AI conference and I've got like a list of tools I have no idea about. Um, like there are tools that like, you know, take care of your computer for you and all this other stuff. But a tool that I've used uh, is goblin.tools and it's an online website you can go to. And what's really useful about this is it breaks down any instruction into the steps. And if you need the steps broken down even more, 
it'll break down even more. So when you are giving out an assignment, it um, it's a really useful way to uh, kind of like delineate all the steps to doing a task. And it's totally free. And it's, it's, it's really useful for those, you know, because some students need it anyway, and it, and it benefits. The, be the awesomeness of this is it benefits every student. Something that benefits anyone benefits everyone. So goblin.tools is a really fun one that I'll throw out into your toolbox since Winston stole TeachFX. I'm telling you, I'm picking it up. I'm picking up what you're putting down. That's why you are our guest, right? You are our expert at the moment. <laughs> Look at that. Your tool got amplified by Winston already. I'm excited for what else will come out. Like, I'm, I'm sure it's not the only tool to come out. When I was at the AI, I yeah. went to an AI institute with um, other teachers and researchers and industry, which was cool because I've never been in the room with industry before or research. Like I've, I've been in industry rooms. I've seen Apple people and Amazon people, but I've never seen researchers. And so I was meeting all these incredibly intelligent people that were using words that I just was like, woo. And um, they were telling me what they're building for teachers. And I was just like, wait, 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 wait. it does what? You know, and just like the things that are going to come out for us in the next couple of years for teachers, like, okay, students, you do you. But like for us, yes, I like, I you know, agree. there's one that's really taken off in my district called Magic School AI, magicschool.ai. It it's not like magic, but it feels like magic because what it does is it gives you frames to enter in the information that will give you specific results. It's it's basically structuring ChatGPT or any of these generative AIs with prompts and it guides teachers through it. And it's, I mean, even like, help me write an IEP and it'll guide you through it. I mean, it's, uh, it's just a time saver. I will throw out as a bit of concern. I'm gonna pull a, I'm gonna pull a moment. I'm, I'm here for you, Rena, ready? I'm going to give the, the, the bad negative story. I'm going to, I'm going to warn teachers. I'm going to caution teachers to be very careful about the information they put into these systems Yes, because there is, uh, there have already been examples of teachers that have uh, <clears throat> put in private information about students uh, to uh, AI to get it processed. And uh, I, I'll, I'll say that, like, I'll be like, be very careful what we put into these systems because the data is going somewhere. <laughs> That's a really important <laughs> statement. I appreciate you saying yeah, that, especially on the that. especially on the tail of my IEP thing, because <laughs> this IEP tool that they have does not have them put in Names. any identifying information. Thank specifically God. <laughs> for that reason, right? And it was developed yep. by a principal and a former teacher, so they kind of get it. And he was actually a special ed teacher. So they get it. But yeah, very important point. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, before you have students putting in their personal information or, I mean, it's standard digital literacy, but it's just digital literacy with a little AI flavor, some sprinkles of AI. Well, we need uh, to, we need to work on our digital <laughs> citizenship literacy. Yeah. So that's right. <laughs> well, we get so excited and then we forget about some of the, the filters that we need to have. In yeah. place, so. It's like we're, we're jumping into the pool that doesn't exist yet. Um, so now it's time for just one more, like one thing that, ah, it's time for our one thing. It's time for that one thing. One thing. One thing. It's time for that one thing. It's that one thing. 
because you've given us so many pieces of information to actually piece through, try to take together, because like I'm definitely trying to figure out how to bring um, teach effects to my district. So, but I just want to pass off to everybody. What's one thing that's still bouncing around in your head that you're like, oh, I'm hoping I can continue to think of that, maybe push on this a little bit later on in my in my time. What are you thinking? Paul Reno, who wants to start? Either way. Okay. Well, actually, I was thinking about what I spent three hours doing today, sending invites and outlook to different grade levels about science kit rotation. So the idea of something doing that for me makes me so joyful. But uh, Mm. (laughs) and, and that and that kind of goes to my one thing that was brought up is that if by using AI in in a way that's going to be helpful, and I love the the word of thinking about oh, ethical, helpful, equitable, it allows us to do what we love the most. Because I was thinking, oh, I was like, oh, this is the stuff I hate doing in my job. Is this? But I mean, actually, sometimes just clicking and not thinking is lovely for ten minutes, but not for you know five hours. And that allows us the opportunity to do what we love most. And that also applies to students and thinking about it from that perspective is really eye-opening. Yeah, for sure. I kind of go back to our conversation we had at the very beginning about that quote. And um, I think that it's okay for teachers to be wherever they're at. We're all at different places. We have time constraints, things like that. But I think it's not okay to just look the other way and and not pay attention. I think we need to engage in it and not just evade it. Um, we need to be active participants in it to the degree that we're able. You need to write a song about that, Paul. I'm sorry. That is a song. Engage, evade. Okay, <laughs> when you be. write that. It could be. Maybe I need to have Winston scratching for that one. Yo, I would be down with getting some kids on the background. They got a lot of hip hop doing that trust. <laughs> so, Julie, I'm going to uh, drop, drop in and then I'm going to ask you to give one more final powerful. Like, um, I'm, I'm just going to add adjectives to describe your words. So you give us <laughs> those great, great bars that you drop. Um, but one thing that I really like and trying to, um, to add on to what Rena was saying as you pointed out, Julie, this the use of AI could help teachers focus in on the act of learning, right? Where they allow and are participate participating with students as they fail and try and want to learn because they want to understand why they failed. And that is the greatest part of learning, right? Is the willingness to do the hard thing over until you figured it out because you care. And I think that is a very important part of how we could allow students for them to prepare for that era of AI. So I really appreciated that idea of going back to what we like doing of teaching, which is student learning. Julie, what do you want to throw in? What would you like to throw in in your one thing? My last thing. My last hurrah. Uh, Um, I think there's a lot. Just for now. (laughs) And just for now. Oh, I've got so many classes I get to teach. I think, um, I think, I think I would leave with like, I think I would leave with like, so I think I'm going to go back to the idea in the beginning when we talked about, cause I love full circles where we talked about, um, people being afraid where I mentioned people are afraid. And I think, you know, um, I, I think sometimes we have to be reminded that learning is hard. 
I tried to learn how to crochet the other day. Do all of you crochet? No. Have any of you crocheted? I, yeah, look I, at I that. love to crochet. <laughs> okay. And so I had a friend trying to teach me how to crochet and they sat next to me. They were very patient and they guided me through it. And my fingers just don't do anything. And I'm sitting there for hours. And eventually after trying and trying and trying with them by my side for like a full, oh God, it must've been two hours. I got like a stitch like a row i think they call it a row i'm really proud a row <laughs> and um and i realized in that moment it's hard it's hard to learn things and it's okay to be upset it's okay to realize it's hard but you really have to commit to wanting to learn it right and i think as teachers when we're scared it's okay to be scared it's okay to be scared it's okay to to do it but you have to admit it that you're scared and you have to admit that this is something that exists that we need to learn about and even though it's hard and even though it might not look pretty and it might take you forever i think the metaphor stands that if if it it's worth it and i think if we expect our students to do scary things sometimes we need to do scary things and who knows it could be fun you know who know it, it's not Good, good on you, Rena. That, Rena, that's not for me. I'm not ever going to be a crocheter. Um, I got that two row, and that's going to live in a museum somewhere. <laughs> but I, I, I think that, like, I think that it is valid to say, like, I learned a lot from trying to learn, and and I think I think teachers need to remember that. And I think, you know, student. Of course, we want students to. I never want a student to feel like if you don't get it on the first try, you might as well just give up. You know. You just had a t-shirt moment there. We have t-shirt moments. Who knows? It could be fun. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> I think if we want to and expect kids to do hard things, we have to do hard things. I I appreciate that. That's deep. Well, honestly, I've I've just had a great time talking with you today and just thinking about things a little bit differently. This gets me excited to go and learn and learn more. And hopefully our audience feels that way as well. So thank you so much, Julie, for being here from one Portland all the way to another Portland from coast to coast. We've got it covered. (laughs) (laughs) From port to Portland. (laughs) We appreciate you. And so thank you so much for being here today. No, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Education. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can discover resources to support student agency, equity, and academic tenacity to create a classroom for future-ready learners. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Unpacking Education. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thank you for all you do. You make a difference.